if you guys want to come up on stage with us, just call in and I'll just bring you up on stage so you can share with us and chit chat. Don't be shy. Yeah, so expected splashdown is at 7.06 p.m. Eastern time. So that's like in an hour and 16 minutes-ish. And we'll see, of course, probably a part of the, like, the orbit. They'll talk a little bit before. Then, of course, there's like total radio silence when they're in uh, the big fireball. And then they reappear. We see the shoots. And I think it should yeah. be light enough outside uh, on the coast of Florida so we can see probably the whole splashdown. And then they're probably just, as we've seen with other astronauts, like the boat, the small speed boats, like go to get them, secure them, then they bring them to the big boat, and then they do some final checks that there's no leaks, no nothing, and then they open the hatch and we see everybody pop out. Hey, Omar, how are you doing? Doing good. Just uh, been playing with FSD Beta 10.0.1. And I mean, those, uh, you know, drove for about 30 minutes through San Francisco, which is like, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff, situations, people. And, you know, there was zero disengagement. So, um, you know, we didn't do every single thing perfect. But I think uh, with 10.1 after a week, yeah, you know, it's probably ready to get to some more people. Yeah, so we in the room, like you know, a lot of people were saying that ten didn't feel felt more like nine point three, and I think they were they were having issues at last minute, and they released something that wasn't maybe the real ten, and I think what you were supposed to get on Friday was what you got now, like uh, like two days ago, I think, and I think ten point one, yeah, for the button, I think it's going to be pretty amazing. Can't wait to see those videos. Haven't had much time. Have you guys seen the videos yet of 10.01? Hello, guys. I, I actually haven't, I even haven't seen anything. As I was saying, this is popcorn style. So if you guys want to jump in stage, just call in and I'll bring you up. Yeah, um, you cut out for a second there, Alex. But, uh, you know, I think with FST Beta 10, they made it a lot more aggressive. Like. It's very interesting, you know, and the problem with FSD beta has always been that, like, people were always honking at you because the thing was so slow, right? It had to be obviously cautious, especially when the system isn't, like, as, you know, good in it, what it's seeing. It needs to be, like, cautious and leave some room for error. So, you know, people would honk at it. And uh, this one can, do, like, it's really starting to pull off some aggressive moves, like, at four-way stops, like... It really kind of keeps going and like inching in to the intersection to try and like get its place. I even saw like, you know, somebody else was going, but it started moving a little bit and then like stopped. So it's a lot more like aggressive about getting through and doing things without uh, an accelerator. And I think like some of that probably caught people off guard a little bit. Um, but uh, a lot of times like it'll go. And you think it's going, but then it'll actually like stop. And it's just kind of trying to be like weirdly assertive in a way that actually kind of like gets you through the intersection quicker. But if I may ask, Omar, one thing is the experience of the driver. But do you think this version 
would change the perception of the other cars surrounding this vehicle? Does it pass the uh, passive touring test in some way? Um, well, I don't think that other people or even a passenger who wasn't told would necessarily even know that the car was driving itself. But on the other hand, uh, you know, somebody still honked at me today uh, when I was, you know, at a four-way intersection and the car was being really aggressive and like inching its way through, but then someone started crossing the crosswalk. So then it stopped. So then, you know, the guy was like honking at me. He was trying to go the other direction. So it's not like a hundred percent, you know, perfect. It still needs some human help sometimes, but, uh, it's, people are honking at it a lot less. It's being a lot more assertive and, uh, human like in that regard and not like holding up traffic as much. That's actually fun to hear. The question is, when will it start to honk? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, if you want to do a room afterwards, like a chill room where we bring people up on stage, like I, this is something I want to try. Like long-winded rooms, bring everybody up like we do on Clubhouse and just chat like later on tonight after the splashdown. Uh, I'd be up for that. Yeah, sure. Right. We also get the live feed any moment. I think we are. It actually just went live. It's not They're playing music. It did Nobody doesn't. is yes. talking. Yeah, yet, but yeah. Then, yeah, it's live. Oh, are we taking bets on who's going to be the first one? Uh, the commander, maybe? I don't know. Mm, he ought to be the last <laughs> one leaving the ship. Yeah, it's true. Maybe Haley. She's the youngest. Yep. Yeah. Where are they splashing down? Off the coast of Florida. Ocean. Atlantic Ocean, just off the coast of Florida. The Gulf is just a backup location, right, for the splash now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope they find the uh, find them quickly. You know, it's kind of like at sunset, so don't really want to be stuck in the ocean for too long and I hope they land in the right orientation and not like upside down or something. It would be cool if they just dropped them in the pool at Gordon Johnson's back part. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think there's very little chance that it uh, it's like uh, it's bottom heavy and with the, the shoots like dragging it like from the, the tip. Uh, yeah, but yeah, night recovery is always more complicated, but they will be exiting the capsule. It will be dark. That's for sure. Because there's so many checks. I don't know if you guys remember, but they have to check for the the propellant, like the hypergolic propellants that there's no leak, you know, before they open the door because they're the safest as long as they're in the dragon. Like as soon as they open the door, like the risk goes up. So they have to just make sure that, you know, everything is, is perfect before they open the But I guess they'll, you know, fish boat them back onto the ship and we ought to see them with the good lighting, right? Wasn't it dark last time around? Oh, there's good lighting on the ship, but it will be dark. Like, I I think the splashdown is going to be still light outside. It's going to be sunset. But there's lots of procedures with those little speedboats that go up first. And then, like, I don't know exactly what they do, uh, but they make sure everything's okay. And then they drag it to the big boat. And the big boat has the that crane like type winch thing, uh, and then they bring it on board. Then there's a whole bunch of checks, and then they open the thing, 
and they make sure everybody's okay inside and then they, they come out one by one. But they haven't been there the that long. Sorry, Alex. Sunset at the Cape today is at 7.23 p.m. Yeah, so if they're on schedule, we'll have a bit of light. Uh, and yeah, by the time they exit, it'll be dark. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I really want to know if Biden is going to say something. Seriously, this is like so embarrassing. I, was I doubt thinking, it. I was thinking because, you know, I wonder if he's just waiting until they like, they return safely. It doesn't make much sense to me. But I wonder if he's just like, he doesn't want to like sort of congratulate a private, you know, funded, a private funded thing, even though it's this whole St. Jude thing. I wonder if he's just waiting to like for it to successfully splash down. Yeah, that could be because, you know, maybe he doesn't want to congratulate them and then something goes wrong. Yeah, like how does that look a bit like, like yeah. endorsing it? Yeah, yeah the but there's. Uh, would love to mock him for that on TV. Yeah, but still, it's like if you don't congratulate the accomplishment of being in space and then let's say something would happen, which I think is highly unlikely, but then you're like, you're, you're the only one that didn't congratulate the team when they were alive and getting a message from the president. You know, it's like. It's 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 also it's did also he, a faux pas. Did he congratulate uh, Jeff Bezos? And um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't uh, seen that. I don't know if anybody. Well, they didn't even go to space. No, exactly. <laughs> well, also, well, Bezos would would if he was here. I think I'm sure he would call in <laughs> to have to say something about that. But <laughs> he would just yeah he would just, yeah, would. yeah his lawyer would call in. I thought it was nice to see him congratulating Elon. I thought that was uh, that was cool. And Richard Branson, did he get a notice yes. from the POTUS as well? Yes. He did? Right, cool. It was probably the teenager running his social media, you know, account. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and then he gets a call later like, oh shit, you're suing him? Nobody told me. Shit, this mute button on this app is ridiculous. I've almost exited the room four times now. It's... Um, Get smaller yeah, sums. Get smaller. Yeah. Get better UI. Okay, I'm gonna, just going to say for the new people in the room, if you guys want to join us on stage, this is like relaxed, chill, popcorn style. So just call in and I'll send you an invite to, to come on stage. We had some questions in some random rooms today about um, the seating position and where they sleep. Do they sleep on and in the chairs when they have the seat sessions, or um, do they rotate that? Or the, the chairs details? can fold fairly flat. Yeah, and the bathroom or sort of the closet thingy is in front of where the commander was sitting, right? The pullout thing there. Jessica, you you all end up on the bathroom situations. Would you like to take? <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we were joking about it. Yeah, you're actually going into a bag when you're going to the bathroom in front of three other people. So yeah, it, it's a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> oh yay! Okay, so we have a bit of audio. Followed by the second downhill phase burn, roughly an hour later. 
Now, each of these events involved short firings of Dragon's Draco thrusters to lower Dragon's altitude in advance of re-entering the Earth. Following these two burns, the crew finished out a day of medical research, calls with family, uh, and then turned in for their last night of sleep on Dragon around 2.30 a.m. Pacific time. Now, just before 1 p.m. Pacific time today, the Inspiration4 crew donned their spacesuits and made their final cabin preparations before they begin the last series of operations prior to splashdown. Yeah, we have a lot of events coming up today, so let's walk through the dynamic activities ahead of us this afternoon. Uh, coming up in a, in a few minutes at 3.09 p.m. Pacific time, we have call separation. Dragon has to move into the proper attitude or angle in order to separate the trunk so that they don't deorbit together. The call connects the trunk to the capsule. It also delivers power, telemetry, and fluids, uh, so Call separation is the first step in separating that trunk. Uh, trunk separation is next. That happens around 3, 12 p.m. Pacific time. Once the trunk is separated, Dragon is running entirely on battery power. So if you're looking at the animation on the screen right now, the trunk is the bottom half of the section uh, of the, the Dragon vehicle, the cylindrical portion. That will detach and leave just the capsule uh, returning back to Earth. A few minutes after trunk separation at 3.17 p.m. Pacific time, we'll have the beginning of the deorbit burn. This is the last time that we'll use the forward bulkhead thrusters, uh, at, and after that, uh, we'll close the nose cone and lock it in preparation for reentry. That deorbit burn is expected to last for about 15 minutes, and that is what will line up Dragon for reentry into Earth's atmosphere. Uh, as the cabin continues to increase in, pre uh, not in pressure, in temperature a little bit, there's nitrox that is used to cool the cabin and the suits to keep the, the crew nice and comfortable. Dragon, sequence start in five minutes. You are now live. Okay, so it does get toasty in there. Copy that, SpaceX. We show the same. So what we heard was yeah, um, the crew, crew operations and yeah. resource engineer, also known as the core, communicating to the crew on Dragon. We'll hear those throughout the uh, cast today as Dragon continues to um, uh, prepare for deorbit and eventual splashdown uh, on Earth. But um, so as uh, we begin the deorbit burn and Dragon begins to make its way back to the Earth's atmosphere, we do pump nitrogen and oxygen um, through the cabin to make sure that the astronauts are nice and cool. And then we will close the nose cone, um, and this will cover the forward hatch thruster, thrusters uh, that we use in the deorbit burn. It also protects the cupola uh, during re-entry. Um, and then during re-entry, we will have a known uh, calm blackout period of time. Um, this is an expected loss of communications with Dragon for about seven minutes as Dragon passes back into the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, about seven minutes later, we will regain that communication around 3.53 p.m. Pacific time, although the timing is not exact. A few minutes after we get communications back, we're going to start to deploy our parachutes. First up, we have the Drogue um, parachutes. And on screen right now is test footage of the Drogue chutes and the main chutes, um, testing the parachute system to make sure that everything is good. And we've uh, these have uh, gone through a numerous amounts of tests to make sure that they are safe for flight. Uh, the drogue chutes are two smaller parachutes that are designed to stabilize the dragon and slow it down before release of the main chutes, which you just saw on screen. Those are the four uh, orange and white uh, larger parachutes that will further slow down the spacecraft. 
Over the course of the three-minute descent, the Drogue and Mains worked together to bring vehicle velocity down from 350 miles per hour to just 15 miles an hour, at which point we have splashdown. That's, gonna, that's expected to occur right at um, 4.06 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, after we splash down, we have about an hour before the recovery uh, crew and recovery team um, goes through their um, checklist of procedures before we can get the crew out of the capsule. So we do have a very exciting day ahead of us. Now, once it's time for our crew to deorbit and splash down back on Earth, they'll be heading to one of the targeted uh, sites supported by SpaceX. Now, all of these sites are located off the coast of Florida, either in the Gulf of Mexico or the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and spreading the support uh the supported sites across multiple locations helps to maximize the return opportunities for this mission and future crews, uh, lowering the chance that we'll have to wave off due to bad weather. Now, since Dragon is capable of splashdown on either side of the Florida panhandle, we have two identical and fully equipped recovery vessels ready to support one in the Gulf of Mexico and the other in the Atlantic Ocean. And it looks like we also got a live view on board Dragon with our Inspiration4 crew. Yes, this is the over-the-shoulder <laughs> view on the left-hand side. That is the mission commander, Jared Isaacman. And to his right is the mission pilot, uh, Dr. Cyan Proctor. So what they're interacting with are some LCD screens on Dragon that gives them a ton of information about um, the vehicle, about the mission profile, uh, and they'll be tracking um, the Dragon vehicle all the way uh, down to Splashdown today. Yeah, and Dragon is flying autonomously, but they will be following along with each dynamic event that happens um, so that they are aware of every event that does happen as they're, they're going to feel a lot of um, the things that are happening. Yeah, so um, they should. we're expecting them to experience about three to five Gs um, uh, on on re-entry and uh, I believe is he watching a movie uh, that is great um, they're just relaxing very nice and comfortable inside Dragon yeah it looks like they're they're uh, you know entertaining their entertaining themselves on their flight back home essentially yeah so that tablet uh, that's attached to uh, Chris Ambrosky's thigh uh, also provides them with a ton of checklists uh, for the, throughout their duration of they're the mission watching movies. it also provides them with some entertainment yep. as well which uh, Chris is what, what is he watching what uh, is that I, I who's that I missed to mention that uh, Haley which I don't know I recognize uh, but I don't recall the show shot of, she was sitting on the far right hand side next to the window of Dragon it's like a Haley Arsenal is the medical I, I, I officer I think it's Spaceballs uh, that will round out the inspiration yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh so in the lead up today SpaceX uh, primary and alternate splashdown <laughs> locations off the coast of Florida uh, the selection process works with a lot Dragon. of do you have a sequence start You broke up there, Keaton. Cool. So we got the call from the core that the deorbit sequence is starting. Again, we're going to be starting off with the um, separation of the claw and then eventually the trunk. Uh, so again, you'll hear those uh, beeps throughout the uh, cast today. Those are quindar tones. And effectively, effectively what those uh, do is they help to clear the air to make sure that communication to and from uh, the crew and ground are nice and clear. So uh, Jesse and I will try, will try to pause and make sure that uh, you guys also um, are able to listen in, uh, to that as well. But uh, I was mentioning the uh, splashdown site. So we have uh, primary and alternate splashdown sites located off of the coast of Florida. The selection process works, uh, and it takes into a lot of um, 
it takes into account a lot of different variables and um, it, it, it looks at weather, it looks at, um, uh, you know, wave height, wave uh, period, uh, visibility as well. Yeah, and you can see on your screen, uh, this is the primary uh, landing site. And it looked like the waters were pretty calm, so that's pretty great. Uh, today, our primary landing site will get the crew uh, back home with a splashdown at about 4.06 p.m. Pacific time today. And for return, we'll be looking at a number of weather items. Uh, some of the obvious ones that we do uh, take into account is that there's no rain um, or chance of lightning in the recovery zone, both for the safety of the crew inside the capsule, but also also the recovery teams on the water. Um, we're also looking for wind speeds less than 15 feet per second or about 10 miles per hour, relatively calm seas so that we can safely execute recovery operations, which includes landing a helicopter on the recovery ship to fly Jared, Haley, Cyan, and Chris back to Florida. Yeah, if you've been following along since Wednesday, we had mentioned that uh, for this particular mission, weather was of uh, particular uh, importance. Um, uh, the Inspiration4 crew did not go for an extended duration to the International Space Station. They were orbiting the Earth uh, for the duration of their mission. So we had to make sure that weather was good on ascent uh, at liftoff and also for splashdown today. But uh, as Jesse mentioned, um, looks like we have some pretty good visibility. The waves are not choppy. Um, and so things are looking great for an on-time splashdown uh, later on today. <laughs> and for these operations, SpaceX closely coordinates with the United States Coast Guard to establish a safety zone to ensure public safety and for the safety of those involved in the recovery operations, as well as the crew on board the returning spacecraft. Multiple notices are issued to the mariners in advance and during recovery operations, and Coast Guard patrol boats are deployed to discourage boaters from entering the splashdown zones. Now, we want to stress to the public the need to respect the safety zone. Recovering a spacecraft from the water is a hazardous operation, and any other boats interfering increases risk to the astronauts in the capsule, the teams working to recover them from the water, and the safety of those that come too close. So for the safety of our crew and for your safety, we recommend that you sit back and watch as we'll be bringing you the best possible views of our astronauts' homecoming. And coming at SpaceX, we definitely felt it. <laughs> so it looks like we had successful call separation. Again, that... Um, uh, detaches the umbilical that routes power and fluids to from the trunk to Dragon. So now Dragon has also separated its trunk successfully. And so that does a couple of things for us. Um, when we re-enter and the parachutes deploy, we want to make sure that there is as little mass as possible. It gives the parachutes a bit easier time to um, decelerate the, the vehicle. The second thing it does is uh, there are some uh, heat uh, shields and some uh, Pika tiles uh, that we'll Omar. talk about a little bit later on. Uh, uh, and their job is to protect the capsule and the crew from all of the heat that's being generated during re-entry. Jettisoning the, the trunk exposes that heat tile and um, uh, allows it to face forward uh, during re-entry. Yeah, and again, now the Dragon capsule is on battery power. Um, so the trunk typically provides uh, power while they're in orbit. Um, now that we no longer have the trunk, um, it, it is working on battery power, and we'll have enough battery power um, and then some to uh, make its way back home to Earth. Okay, do you guys think it's Tesla batteries? She would, will nick.
Okay, are they 4680s? No. Probably. <laughs> About 15 minutes. Okay, just a, a quick tip. When you unmute uh, to speak, uh, you, you got to give it like half a second or something and give it a second after or else you, you're cutting off like what happened with K10 right now. So we don't get to hear you. So I don't know if you want to say it again, K10. I was just going to say maybe in the future. Sorry, I just didn't want to speak over the astronauts in the, in the, the broadcast. Oh, okay. Well, no worries. Like we're, we're chill. Like nothing major is happening. They're still explaining again. This helps bring them just a little bit closer to Earth. And then today, after we've now jettisoned the trunk, we will have a deorbit burn, which will set them on the trajectory back to the splashdown uh, landing zone. Yeah, so we are expecting that deorbit burn to begin uh, in about three minutes. Uh, again, it is uh, going to last for about 15 minutes. Uh, and uh, as Jesse mentioned, uh, that is uh, sort of the final burn before Dragon uh, begins to reduce its altitude, um, get away from that orbital velocity of 17,500 miles an hour, and start to make its way uh, to its splashdown zone off the coast of Florida. It's really weird. Like they, they showed an animation. I don't know how exact it is, but like the shoots open, like just south of Cuba. And they basically keep going on their trajectory all the way to the uh, east coast of uh, Florida. They said the, the slowdown burn is 50 minutes. This is going to be fast, isn't it? It's not going to take long, this whole thing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, like the danger period is basically the blackout period because that's when they're engulfed in plasma at uh, 3,000 Kelvin or something. Million dollars for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Um, and again, just such an incredible, incredible mission with the first uh, all civilian crew on board, out in orbit, into space, um, but also inspiring the world um, with all their the, the positions that they, they selected for the seats for uh, who should be on this mission. Um, the seat of leadership, the seat of prosperity, the seat of generosity, and the seat of hope. So just an overall incredible uh, last few days. And now we're currently bringing the crew back home, which is very, very exciting. <laughs> yeah, and they've been uh, quite busy, as all astronauts um, uh, are. But uh, I love that they were able to spend some time, and, and um, they gave us an on-orbit update Yesterday, we saw Chris play the ukulele. We saw um, <laughs> Haley do some somersaults in space. Uh -huh. I think uh, Dr. Cyan also showed us um, the drawings um, that she had done in space, too, which was phenomenal. It's just so amazing. And she's been inspired by their own launch. So she showed us uh, some drawings of that. Um, and just really cool to, to see the crew up there. They had a, a, a number of events as well. Um, they did a call with some St. Jude patients yes. while they were out in space, live in space, uh, answering some out-of-this-world out questions. Uh, they also even got, uh, I heard they, they got a phone call from Tom Cruise. Yes, I saw that as well. I wonder what their conversation was like, um, but uh, I think it's quite interesting because we all know Tom Cruise from um, Top Gun, call sign Maverick. Mm -hmm. uh, the crew themselves also got call signs because they were a part of a lot of fighter jet training and mm -hmm. exercises. So I love that uh, they were able to connect. Yeah, that must be so exciting for them. Um, also, they they've been doing some auctions. You know, we've had some auctions uh, since the mission began. Um, and they did some uh, of, of that promotion as well. Uh, I, I can't wait 
to get one of the zero G indicators. Um, I think those sold out very, very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the space dog, you might have seen it. Uh, we might be able to get shots of it uh, if we uh, ever get uh, shots inside the cabin again. But, um, yeah, super cute and um, also, re- again, represents a great cause. Uh, I-, I do want to do a quick plug that if you are watching on YouTube, there is a donate now button on the right-hand side of your screen. Um, we fundraise a ton of money so far. I think since Wednesday, we've raised an additional um, Twenty million dollars. So we're we're at about one hundred and fifty-three million dollars raised out mm-hmm. of the total goal of two hundred million dollars. So um, thank you to everyone that has already donated. And if you can um, donate in any sh- way, shape, or form, please do. Super appreciate it. And, and again, it's all for a great cause. Yeah, such an incredible mission. Again, um, they also got the chance. Yesterday was Friday. They did get to to ring the closing bell at the New York Stock Exchange, which is pretty awesome. You can see them there. You see how excited they are, too. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, every time we've seen the crew... Um, they've had smiles in their face, even during Ascent, when oh, we saw yeah. Dr. San mm-hmm. um, just uh, uh, exuding excitement. And so uh, this crew really is something else, and, I, and I'm so glad that they got to experience the things that they experienced, and, and all the outreach that they've done so far is, is quite amazing. Yeah, and for the first all-civilian crew, these are some pretty incredible people. Um, if, if you've been following along or if you, you haven't seen it yet, Netflix and Time have a documentary um, on the crew and on the mission. Um, gets lets you get to know uh, the crew a lot more and get to see what training they're, they're going through. And this is an awesome live view from our selfie camera on the Dragon looking at the dragon cupola and the sun looks amazing. Earth looks amazing. That's <laughs> amazing. And, and, and for the inspiration for our crew to peek their head in there and get a first person perspective through the brand new cupola. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, that is uh, fantastic. And I think Chris um, has been very, very busy taking photos um, of the earth through the cupola and, um, you know, just trying to make as much uh, of his time and space as possible and give back uh, to the community. Oh, there he is. <laughs> and there he is with his camera. We've heard he's been taking tons and tons of photos up there. I can't wait to see um, what photos they have. Uh, there he is <laughs> inside of the cupola. Yes, awesome. as busy as ever. And Chris himself, when he was younger, was uh, he used to stargaze on the rooftop of his high school. And so uh, now um, he gets to Earth gaze from space. (laughs) (laughs) I think deorbit burn. So we are getting confirmation that the deorbit burn has already begun. We're well into it. Again, it's going to last for about 15 minutes uh, and and, uh, approximately at 3.32 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, and again, in the last 10 minutes or so, um, we've had a number of events during this deorbit sequence. Uh, we had claw separation. The claw is basically what attaches the dragon trunk to the capsule um, and, and has umbilicals um, between the two. We've jettisoned uh, the dragon trunk, uh, exposing the heat shields on the bottom of the capsule. Um, and now we are currently in progress of the deorbit burn, which is going to basically deorbit the vehicle um, and get it on a trajectory on its way back home to Earth. 
Yeah, the deorbit burn uses the Draco engines on Dragon. Um, there's 16 of them uh, on the um, Ford. Uh, uh, sort of underneath the nose cone, there are four there. And um, after we're done with this deorbit burn, that's uh, we're not going to need those four anymore. So we'll close the hatch. Um, Dragon also has another um, subset of engines known as the Super Dracos. We're not using them as part of the splashdown. They're super strong, um, and they're really only reserved for um, the launch escape system during ascent or in case there was an emergency. But we're just relying on the Draco engines right now. And what you're looking at on your screen is a live view inside of Dragon. And on your left-hand side is the commander of this mission, Jared Isaacman. On the right-hand side was Dr. Sian Proctor, the pilot for the mission. And again, awesome view uh, from the outside looking at the cupola on the Dragon. And the four Draco thrusters, this is actually the location of where those four Draco thrusters are. Um, and as Andy mentioned, uh, once we do complete this deorbit burn, it's only going to last about 15 minutes. Once we complete that, we will begin uh, to close the nose cone, which will uh, basically cover this top portion that you're seeing on the screen. It's weird. We're not seeing the Draco's fire, actually, from that view. Uh, I, I think that's weird. So they can still use the touchscreen um, interface with um, the monitors through the spacesuits. Um, and right now we have the visors up, um, but the suits themselves, uh, the way they're created, it's, it's a one-piece suit, and um, the helmets are actually 3D printed and customized for each of the crew members. Yeah, and right now, um, Jared, Cyan, Haley, and Chris are currently using their screens on their tabs, um, and they're, they're basically following along every one of these events um, uh, you know, they are out in space and inside of this vehicle. So when the thrusters do turn on, they do feel that um, and they do hear um, uh, some of that from inside of the, the capsule. It doesn't exactly sound like uh, what you would hear an engine sound like down here on Earth, but they do hear uh, some of the clicking of the valves uh, when the engines do start. Yeah, so the Inspiration4 crew has been on orbit for about three days. Um, we're expecting them to splash down uh, in about 40 minutes, actually. And so, um, especially after we finish the deorbit burn, uh, things are really going to start to move. We'll close the nose cone, and then we're going to start uh, the, the Dragon capsule is going to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. We're going to go through that um, uh, period of uh, communications blackout for a couple of minutes. Um, and then uh, parachutes is deploying. We're going to see them back here on Earth uh, in, in just under 40 minutes. Yeah, and this is a significant thing uh, to mention. There will be a blackout period for approximately seven minutes. Uh, and that happens when the vehicle does enter back into the Earth's atmosphere. Um, it, outside of the Dragon capsule will heat up to almost 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and what that will do is cause a layer of plasma around the vehicle, which will prevent some comms um, from, from coming through. Uh, but once they are through that period, we should be able to regain those comms. Uh, the core here at, in Mission Control Hawthorne uh, will do some comm checks to make sure that they have reestablished those comms between Dragon. So if you are just joining us, uh, we are part of the Inspiration4 mission uh, for Splashdown. Uh, the team is 
uh, targeted to uh, splashdown off the coast of Florida at approximately 4.06 p.m. Pacific time. Right now, we are in the middle of our deorbit burn. So this is the final burn before um, the Dragon spacecraft uh, really is on its final trajectory towards that targeted landing site. Everything looks green on Just the Just about 10 minutes into the burn, meaning there's about five minutes left of that deorbit burn. And right now you are looking at a live view inside of the Dragon capsule of the crew uh, watching and checking things on their display panels there. Again, they are following along with all of the events uh, so that they are aware of every expected event that is uh, supposed to happen. And... Uh, again, a awesome live view from the outside of our Dragon capsule on the forward. There's about five minutes left of that deorbit burn, and right now you are looking at a live view inside of the Dragon capsule of the crew, uh, watching and checking things on their display panels there. Again, they are following along with all of the events uh, so that they are aware of every expected event that is uh, supposed to happen. And uh, again, a awesome live view from the outside of our Dragon capsule on the forward end, looking at our amazing. They're committed. They're coming home. We just heard some comms that Dragon is committed. What that means is that they are committed to return back to Earth. <laughs> yes, they are. They are coming back, which is super exciting. Yeah, they're just on the southeastern tip of Australia right now, it seems, like from the display. So uh, I should mention at this point, uh, Dragon itself is an extremely intelligent vehicle. Um, it is uh, largely autonomous and uh, effectively flying itself. So. Um, it knows where it's at, um, its position in space. It knows where it's headed. It has the ability to adjust its uh, attitude or angle um, and trajectory as needed uh, to make sure it is headed where it, it needs to head. And so even through the communications blackout period, again, um, due to the temporary buildup of plasma that interferes with communications, um, even through that period, uh, the crew really just has to sit back and enjoy the flight because Dragon um, is smart enough to know where exactly it's going to be. Yeah, so much so that we saw them watching some movies <laughs> <laughs> just a few minutes ago. <laughs> you are hearing on the comms just some status updates of that uh, deorbit burn. Again, this deorbit burn lasts about 15 minutes long, um, and we're getting close to completion here. And actually, something to note, uh, if there are people watching live uh, for Splashdown, um, they might actually get to hear the sonic boom uh, as uh, quickly as Dragon reenters the Earth's atmosphere and, and is coming down. You know, they will be traveling faster than the, the speed of sound. So um, you'll get a, a sonic boom um, when, they, when they come back through. Yeah, I think that the folks that... Um are nearby or live close enough to the coast. They might even be able to see Dragon. It is uh, a daytime splashdown, uh, which is super exciting. Um, so yeah, in, in, in 
in about 35 minutes. We're expecting Dragon uh, Capsule Resilience uh, flying for the second time and returning for the second time uh, and the Inspiration4 crew members return back to Earth and uh, splash down into the coast, uh, off the coast of Florida. I think and Gwen again, we, we just heard a call out the... that we're probably about three minutes away from that deorbit burn completing. Um, but yeah, Andy, it's been so exciting. Just this mission uh, overall has been so incredible. Again, the first all civilian crew to go to orbit um, in and they're raising money for St. Jude. It's it's just been an incredible mission so far. They've been out in space. Um you know, talking to St. Jude's patients, raising money, um, doing some science experiments for us so that we can see, you know, what does does microgravity do to, you know, the regular person like you and me. 13 minutes. Yeah, I think uh, you bring up a good point that I don't think we've talked about yet is all the science that they've done. Um, we saw earlier in the week um, some experiments with some portable um, ultrasound uh, devices. There was an experiment to study how um, fluid shifts and um, uh, uh, sort of the relevance of up and down in space that could potentially help contribute to motion sickness, both in space and back here on Earth. Uh, but the, the really cool thing, in my opinion, is all of the data, all the data that they're going to um, uh, gather, that's going to be put in a repository and everyone has access to it, essentially. Um, and so you, you typically don't get that with um, uh, normal missions. Uh, but for Inspiration4, I think one of the hallmarks is they wanted to make sure that um, they were trying to further science as much as possible and further human space exploration. Yeah, having that, the access to that data available to literally the entire world uh, only allows you to have, you know, as many people uh, to utilize that research and, and you know, be able to do something with it. We just, uh, that call out was just a minute remaining and this deorbit burn. So Gwen Shotwell, I think, is in the <laughs> control room. So after the deorbit burn, um, again, we won't need the uh, Draco thrusters in the uh, forward bulkhead anymore. And so we will be initiating the close of the nose cone. Oh, here's a great animation. Uh, the nose cone is the very, very top. Um, you're gonna see it latch open. Um, that's where the Draco thrusters are at. But um, after they're done firing, we're actually gonna be closing it. And so uh, if you're here since the beginning of this particular cast, the bottom section of the capsule, that's the trunk section. Um, the bottom half of that has already been jettisoned. Um, and right now, the top portion, the capsule, that's where the crew is in, and that is what is returning to Earth and making it splash down off the coast of Florida uh, here and in a few minutes. There we go. The orbit burn, burn is done. Terminal burn. Good targeting. Dragon, the orbit burn complete. Performance nominal. Nose cone closure is initiated. Copy that, SpaceX. We show the same. I believe that was Chris uh, confirming that uh, he had a nominal burn. Uh, everything seems to be going great. And now, again, we've initiated the close um, sequence of the nose cone. So in the background, Dragon is currently inhibiting those forward bulkhead Draco thrusters that we uh, had just used to complete the deorbit burn, ensuring that it's safe to latch the nose cone, sh nose cone shut for re-entry. The vehicle also initiated the Nitrox suit purge, and this will help keep the crew cool and comfortable during re-entry, which is coming up in about 20 minutes. 
At this point, the nose cone is closing and protecting the forward hatch for re-entry. The crew is using the screens that we saw earlier to monitor the locking of nose cone, which is done um, actually by a set of hooks. Yeah, and again, uh, the nose cone doesn't just snap shut. Uh, it does take a few minutes, I think about four minutes or so, uh, to close. Um, it is a very, uh, you know, uh, technically and structurally um, sound uh, seal that needs to happen there. So it needs to be very precise, which is why it's a very slow um, mechanism to make sure that it's closed. Yes, and we mentioned earlier, um, as Dragon's re-entering, uh, it's, uh, it's going to form plasma, and, and plasma is effectively superheated gas. So that call out was uh, for the slew being complete. So the slew is effectively maneuvering. And so uh, we want to position Dragon and orient it a certain way uh, before it starts to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. So that looks like it's going well. Um, but I mentioned a little bit about uh, the the temperature buildup around the heat shield and dragon. Um, so we initiate a nitrox purge in both the cabin and the suits to keep um, the environment inside dragon nice and cool. Uh, the suits themselves will automatically detect if temperatures go above 85 degrees Fahrenheit. And, and if it does, we'll just purge them with uh, effectively air. It's the same sort of air that you would see in a scuba tank. And that keeps the astronauts nice and comfortable for their journey back to Earth. It's basically their own personal AC system. <laughs> um, and as we mentioned, we are coming up on uh, the blackout period, which is about 10 minutes or so from now, uh, or 10 minutes after nose cone closure. Um, and during that event, uh, the capsule, the, outs the exterior of the capsule will get to approximately 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit. So as Andy mentioned, it's extremely important to keep the cabin cool, to keep um, the astronauts uh, cool during this event. Uh, but Dragon was designed for this, um, so uh, they, they shouldn't have any problems with uh, 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, we've got some really cool material on the bottom. Um, uh, it's known as, it's actually called Pika 3.0, uh, and uh, its job is basically to deflect and, um, and take on all of that heat and make sure that we keep the capsule and crew nice and cool again for their reentry. Uh, if you're looking on screen right now, uh, there is a capsule, a dragon capsule in the background. You can see at the very bottom, uh, the tiling of that peak of material. Um, that is a return to capsule. So it's been through the Earth's atmosphere. It's taken on that 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit heat. And, and that's what we expect the capsule uh, today to also look like upon reentry. Yeah, and this is a, a flown dragon capsule. So while the spacecraft is in orbit, it's flying at about 17,500 miles per hour. Um, but as it comes back through the atmosphere, we actually don't, you know, there's no brakes on, uh, on Dragon aside from the heat shield. Um, and so it, that heat shield actually uh, with the atmosphere helps to slow the vehicle down to about 350 miles per hour uh, before the, the droves even deploy. Yeah, it's, it's quite uh, incredible to think about that. Um, Orbital velocity, again, 17,500 miles an hour, uh, being slowed down to just 350 miles an hour with just atmospheric drag alone um, is, is incredible. And then, and then from there, we deploy the chutes. And so right. most of the job, thank you to Earth's atmosphere for slowing <laughs> down uh, Dragon. Most of it is done uh, by the friction um, up there.
So we are waiting on the next event, which is um, we're going to be uh, waiting on confirmation that the nose cone has been closed. And then uh, we're going to be entering that blackout uh, portion, the, uh, the communications blackout period, a few minutes later. It is expected to last uh, for about seven minutes. And um, what I would expect to hear is um, we heard those Quindar tones, those beeps uh, from crew to, uh, to core and core to crew. Um, expect those to um, start to uh, pop up again as we're coming out of that blackout period. We want to make sure that we reestablish communication with the crew. Yeah, and actually, uh, before we go into the blackout period, we should hear some comms as well. Um, again, the, the core here uh, in Hawthorne, uh, Mission Control Hawthorne, uh, communicates with the team, makes sure that they know which event is coming up next uh, so that they know what to expect. Um, and so we should be hearing uh, some of that confirmation that they will be going into the blackout period as well as uh, some confirmation and some comms when they uh, exit that period. <laughs> Lots of people standing around at SpaceX, not working, actually watching what's happening. It's so funny. Yeah, I've noticed they've, they've more and more. Yeah. What's that one dude to the left wearing on his head? The one, number two to the back, all the way to the left. What is that? Like a again we are currently yeah, just waiting true. for confirmation of nose cone closure um once we confirm that uh the next event after that will be the blackout period that we have mentioned um uh, again that will last about seven minutes looks like a, like a tinfoil hat exactly <laughs> <laughs> what you're seeing on your screen right now is mission control hawthorne uh here at SpaceX headquarters. Looks like you can see uh, Gwen Shotwell <laughs> oh, yeah, sitting in the front row there, uh, watching as our first all civilian crew, the Inspiration 4 crew, returns back home to Earth. It's actually Elon in disguise. And the recovery team and the launch team did a great job uh, looking at weather, looking ahead, because um, uh, Florida weather in the fall is it can be tricky, uh, but we got excellent weather um, during liftoff on Wednesday and um, a pretty darn good weather right now for Splashdown as well. Yeah, when we did get some live views of the, the seas there, it did look pretty calm, which is exactly what we want. We want to make sure that uh, during recovery, uh, you know, we have some, some steady seas, uh, not just for the crew. Nose cone is secure for entry. Sounds like we got that confirmation of NOSCOM closure. They're all buttoned up. So as we begin the second half of entry, Dragon is now beginning to flush Nitrox into the cabin and continuing to top off the Inspiration4 crew's suits with cool air. Again, this is what will allow the cabin temperature to remain comfortable while external temperatures can reach upwards of 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, again, the heat shield is pointing forward. That's the leading um, structure that is going to uh, be heading into reentry, um, and that's going to be what leads the capsule to the landing site. 
Again, again, uh, the exterior of the capsule will get to approximately 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit, but again, Dragon was designed for this dynamic event, uh, so there will be uh, some cool air um, inside of the cabin. It's environmentally controlled, as well as through their suits. Um, they do have their personal air conditioning uh, inside of their suits where they will get uh, a flow of nitrox. Um, and as Andy mentioned earlier, uh, there are sensors in the suits, so they don't even have to think about if they're getting too hot or not. Uh, the suits will just automatically um, keep the, the environment controlled inside of their suits for them. Oh, this That's is a great view brilliant. of the suit. Uh, first off, yep. looking super slick and super cool, uh, but it is essentially a, a, a mini spacecraft. There's an umbilical from the um, leg portion that will hook up to Dragon, and that will route um, communications and electronics, as well as, uh, again, routing the air needed to keep the suit pressurized in case of a depressurization event a depressurization event, um, or um, if they need to be purged with cool air, it can do that as well. Yeah, and some of the cool manufacturing features, the helmet is 3D printed. Um, the material of uh, the, the exterior of the suit is um, heat resistant, uh, as well as the gloves are uh, designed, uh, they're conductive, so that they're designed to be able to use them on the touchscreen. Yeah, and, and again, they're all custom made for each of the astronauts. Um, the chairs themselves are also custom fitted. There are um, a couple of different sizes and the armrests can be adjusted um, uh, for the astronauts uh, preference. And so, um, you know, we, we want to make sure, again, the, the crew is as comfortable and as safe as possible for landing. Um, the, the seats will actually recline up to its landing position. And then um, uh, there is a five point um, a belt um, that will keep the astronauts in place uh, to make sure that everything uh, is nice and comfortable <laughs> for the team. And uh, we have a dragon tracker, and that's what you're seeing on your screen. You can see um, that dragon is currently to the west um, of South America there. And on their way, you can kind of see their trajectory uh, heading towards the coast of Florida uh, for their splashdown today. So we are expecting to enter that um, that blackout uh, period in about two minutes. Here, uh, we should hear the um, the core communicate uh, to the team here in a couple of minutes um, that we are again entering that blackout period, and then we'll reestablish communication uh, once we're through with that. Dragon SpaceX for entry brief. Go SpaceX. Jerry, you're looking good. No deltas to timeline. Vehicle's nominal, tracking no issues. Did you ever burn us right down the middle with nominal landing site targeting? No deltas on weather or recovery, and we're looking forward to having you home shortly. Hey, Captain at SpaceX, good to orbit Good to orbit burns. Vehicles healthy. Recovery forces are there. Weather's looking good. See you guys soon. Good to be back. Godspeed, resilience. Godspeed. Bring the crew home safely.
So we heard um, some awesome calls uh, from the core. Uh, the view over burned looked good. Uh, uh, Reentry and weather all looked good. Um, so everything you would want to hear for Splashdown, uh, we got it. And so things are looking great uh, for Splashdown in um, about 20 minutes here. Uh, so um, super exciting, and things will start to get uh, very, very dynamic, and a lot of events will happen over the next 20 minutes or so. So at this point, we are entering um, here shortly a communications blackout period, which lasts approximately seven minutes due to plasma formation around the spacecraft. Uh, during this time, uh, no vehicle telemetry is received by mission control or the recovery team, uh, and no external communicate, no external commanding of the vehicle or voice communication is possible. As a reminder, though, Dragon is designed to fly itself and continues to autonomously. Dragon is designed to fly itself and continues to autonomously use its Draco thrusters to orient itself during re-entry. So uh, during re-entry, the vehicle will be slowing down from orbital velocity, which is approximately 17,500 miles an hour, um, all the way down to about 350 to 400 miles an hour before we deploy those chutes. We did hear a call out of 200 uh, kilometers. Uh, that is basically telling us that the Dragon capsule is getting closer and closer to Earth. Again, they went all the way out to orbit uh, at about 575 kilometers from Earth. I think the furthest they went was 590 kilometers. Um, but now they're on their way back home, so they're approximately 200 kilometers at this moment. Um, and again, today uh, we are bringing crew back home. Um, we've begun uh, several uh, uh, operations during this deorbit sequence, uh, but actually deorbit and return home began yesterday. We did have a couple phase burns yesterday that brought the, the vehicle down to approximately 365 kilometers. Um, and now we're getting closer and closer to bring, bringing the crew back home. It's getting really exciting over here. Um, can't wait to see, uh, see them back on Earth after their trip to orbit. Yeah, so as uh, Jesse mentioned yesterday, we started some uh, downhill phasing burns. There were two of them to lower the altitude. Uh, earlier today, we saw, uh, we didn't see, but we got confirmation of the trunk jettison. Uh, the trunk jettison. We completed our deorbit burn successfully. And right now, uh, Dragon is um, going through its uh, re-entry phase and through its um, blackout uh, communications portion. And shortly here, we're going to have splashdown um, after our parachutes deploy. You know, I can't believe this mission is, um, has, has come and gone so quickly. Uh, the crew has been, again, super busy. And I do want to remind um, all of our viewers that uh, this inspiration for mission, this inspiration for a crew, it's, it's all for a great cause. We want to make sure that we further human space exploration. We want to do a ton of science. And we want to fundraise for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Um, the goal is $200 million. Uh, Jared Isaacman donated $100 million himself. And we're a little over halfway. Um, through the other $100 million that we want to um, uh, fundraise. So if you're watching on YouTube, if you have a computer nearby, you can go to inspiration4.com slash donate and um, support the cause there. There's also a bunch of different things like auctions. Um, Dragon, SpaceX, please verify crew entry preparations complete with tablets, restraints, visors, and feet. Hey, Captain SpaceX, we were just waiting a little bit longer, but we'll do it right now.
SpaceX Dragon and tablets are secure. Restraints are tight and visors are down. We are ready to come home. We copy all, Dragon. Approximately four minutes, 30 seconds until calm blackout. We'll see you on the other side at 2300. I think there's a guy that was just hauling a raptor next to the just under control. five minutes away from that blackout period. So uh, what you're seeing on your screen is the core, the, the crew operations and resources engineer communicating with the crew on board Dragon, preparing um, for uh, re-entry back into the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, so they're closing their risers and making sure that their five-point harnesses are um, uh, uh, secure, um, basically doing all their preparations uh, for that re-entry. And again, if you're just now joining us, you are tuned into the Inspiration4 mission. This is the first all-civilian uh, crew uh, out to orbit. And now they've been out there for, for about three days and now making their way back. Um, and the crew on board is Jared Isaacman, who's the commander for the mission. Um, he is the 38-year-old CEO of Ship4 Payments. Um, he has uh, been a fighter pilot for many, many years. He's flown in over 100 air shows um, and always does a, a fundraiser or a charity event with every one of his air shows. And he's doing the same thing with this mission, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Yep. Up next, we have uh, Haley Arsenault. She's 29 years old, and she's actually the youngest American to fly in space ever. She's also the first from Steven's bias. Continuing to get great calls. Um, Haley is also the first in space with a prosthetic. Um, she is uh, a pediatric cancer survivor and also um, a physician assistant at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, same place that saved her life when she was 10 years old. got Dr. Cyan Proctor on board, making her way back home with the crew. She is the 51-year-old mission pilot uh, for this mission. Um, she's from Tempe, Arizona, and she holds the seat of prosperity. Uh, she actually was awarded this two seat for... Uh, we got a two-minute call-out for that expected uh, blackout period. Uh, but Dr. Sayan Proctor actually was awarded the seat for starting her own, basically, business uh, for her artwork and her poetry. But she's also an incredible um, human being. She's an analog astronaut. She's always wanted to go to space. Um, almost became a NASA astronaut at one point. And now uh, she's on the crew and was able to accomplish her dream. <laughs> And uh, last but certainly not least is Chris Dombrowski. He's 42. He's a data engineer um, at Lockheed Martin and a United States Air Force veteran, uh, a um, space enthusiast through and through. And, uh, you know, I was watching his docuseries, and um, he's just a, uh, a, fan, uh, a husband and father, first and foremost. And so um, those were our four crew members that are currently making their way back home, uh, <laughs> back down to Earth, and um, as part of the Inspiration4 mission. I'm so excited to see uh, see them come back home, and I can't wait to hear 
their stories from being out in space. Again, just first all civilian crew, you know, they're not professional astronauts. Um, I, I can't wait to hear their stories uh, coming back from that. Yeah, it looks like they've had a really fun time. Um, I, I was watching the um, interview uh, with the St. Jude, uh, Jude children uh, yesterday, and uh, they were throwing M&Ms all over the capsule. Acceleration. And with the microgravity, just darting them down and trying to chase them down. So uh, they're, they're obviously very, very good friends and, um, uh, you know, work very, very well together. And we are entering this blackout period. This is it. We are entering this blackout period that we have mentioned. Again, it, it is an expected period of time where the vehicle is re-entering back into the Earth's atmosphere. That um, generates a lot of heat, about up to 3,500 uh, degrees Fahrenheit, which causes uh, a plasma layer to form around the vehicle. So we do lose comms with the crew. They've already done uh, their pre-blackout period operations, making sure that their visors are closed, they're strapped in, um, and they're ready to re-enter back into the Earth's atmosphere. Um, and so we do expect to, to regain comms about seven minutes after they've entered the blackout period. That Raptor you saw was missing. So the view on your left yep. is Mission Control and Hawthorne, SpaceX's headquarters. Uh, you can see that we've Maybe got it was the folks gathering. Uh, they're also very excited <laughs> for Inspiration 4 to return back to Earth. Um, and so, yeah, we're all waiting. Uh, we're actually... Uh, about 20, 25 minutes away from Splashdown off the coast of Florida. Again, Dragon, even throughout this blackout period, it can pilot itself essentially. So, uh, again, the crew just needs to make sure that um, you know, they're, they're strapped in and enjoy the flight because Dragon will take them to uh, where they need to be. Yeah, exactly. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, they don't really have to do anything aside from follow along with each event that is happening. Uh, so we did catch them earlier uh, watching some movies <laughs> on their flight back home. Um, but yeah, they, they're, they, they really don't need to do much as Dragon is autonomous. Yes. So after we splash down, um, for those that are maybe watching for the first time or wondering, um, well, how does Dragon get out of the water? Um, so Dragon itself is uh, designed to be waterproof. 80 kilometer altitude. Loss of calm. Start up blackout period. There we go. So we're we just heard the calls. acquisition of signal in four minutes and 35 seconds. We just heard the call out that Dragon is about 80 kilometers in altitude. We're entering that uh, communications blackout period now. And uh, we just got an update that it's uh, expected to last about four and a half minutes. So, again, we'll reestablish communications with the crew uh, after this blackout period. But um, we are um, entering the atmosphere at a very, very, very high velocity. And when we start to um, uh, uh, get a lot of friction from the atmosphere in the space capsule, we start to form that plasma, and plasma tends to interfere with communication. So um, it's a temporary communications blackout, and again, we're going to uh, be uh, be able to reconnect with them in about four minutes here. And during this time, no um, 
no vehicle telemetry is received by mission control or the recovery team. There's no external commanding of the vehicle or voice communication. Um, that is not possible at this time. So as a reminder, uh, Dragon is designed to fly itself uh, and continues to fly autonomously using Draco thrusters to orient itself during this re-entry. It's coming in as first. Uh, during this re-entry, uh, the vehicle will be slowing down uh, the orbital velocity from 17,500 miles per hour. Uh, and the use of just the atmosphere will bring the vehicle down to about 350 miles per hour before we even deploy the drogue chutes. Yeah, um, a few minutes after we get uh, communications again, we are expecting to deploy um, the sets of parachutes. We have two sets. The first, again, are drogue chutes. They are, there's two of them. Their job is to slow the vehicle down from about 350 miles an hour to about 120 miles an hour. And those deploy um, at around um, 18,000 feet. Shortly after that, we'll deploy our main parachutes. There's four of them. Those are larger, um, circular, uh, orange and white uh, chutes. And their job is to slow the vehicle down from 120 miles an hour to about 15 miles an hour, and then we'll make splashdown off the coast of Florida in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, those shoots are pretty amazing. So yeah, Dragon is, again, flying itself. Uh, even the shoots that I had just mentioned about, um, uh, there's sensors uh, on Dragon that detect altitude and pressure, and they will um, determine when to fire those um, parachutes. And so uh, pretty much everything on Dragon is autonomous, and again, it's steering itself. It's taking the inspiration for a crew uh, where they need to go uh, for their targeted splashdown. And if you're just now joining us, we're currently uh, in progress of the blackout period. Um, what this is, is basically the Dragon spacecraft uh, re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, it'll see uh, temperatures, external temperatures of about 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit, building a plasma layer around the vehicle, uh, preventing comms um, and communication with the Dragon spacecraft. Uh, it's expected to last about four and a half minutes. We're a little over halfway through that right now, um, so we should, uh, in, a, in a couple minutes here, start hearing some comms from the core, uh, checking in to regain that communication with Dragon. Come on. There we go. We get some... Blur vision. Is a view from our thermal camera. Uh, seeing Dragon coming back down to Earth right there. Yeah, this is amazing. This is the first shot of the Dragon capsule coming back uh, as part of the Inspiration4 mission. Uh, the crowd here is super excited <laughs> seeing that for the first time as well. Um, it's in so one yeah, piece. A couple minutes left of um, the blackout period. And uh, we should be getting comms reestablished with the crew here shortly. I think we saw a jet like fly by, like underneath it. Looked like it. Yeah, that wasn't a bird. <laughs> no, it was. It was definitely had something hot coming out the. 
What you're seeing on your screen right now is on the left-hand side. That is Mission Control Hawthorne. Dragon, GPS converged. Expect nominal altitude for drug sheet deploy. Here we go. And those comms confirm that we have regained comms with Dragon. Uh, and they're getting ready for drogue deploy here shortly. Yeah, I love these tracking shots. Uh, again, that is Dragon in the center of your screen. Uh, we've got visuals of it, and we're expecting um, drogue shoots deploy to deploy, and then the main shoots shortly after that here in a couple of minutes. And that's the low-res downlink. Like they have better images than that than what we're seeing. For crews return, uh, waiting on drogue shoot deploy. That happens at about 18,000 feet. Brace for drogue window. <laughs> on re entry, the team is experiencing uh, about three to five G's. Um, heard some words to, to have them brace for a drogue deploy. Uh, they will feel uh, the difference in speed when the uh, shoots do deploy. Um, that was what the, co the uh, core mentioned there. Okay, now we have regular view. That's such a cool shot of Dragon uh, coming back down to Earth. It looks very fast uh, in this camera view here. On shoots. This is a great shot of Jacking looking off at the drug shoots. A lot of communication going back and forth between the crew uh, and ground station, but the drogue's job is to slow the vehicle down from about 350 miles an hour to 120. We are expecting the main shoots for these to cut off and the main shoots to come uh, shortly after this. There you go. That is a really... Yeah, totally. And they're going to open like so slowly. And there you go. They're fully deployed. <laughs> and at 4.04 p.m. Pacific time, we do have confirmation that the main shoots have deployed. And you can see that on your left-hand screen of a camera looking forward uh, above the Dragon capsule, looking at those four main shoots. 1,000. Copy, 1,000. <laughs> the next event coming up now is a visual confirmation of Splashdown. You can see the Dragon Capsule on your right-hand screen uh, slowly coming down now. We've, we've talked about how fast the vehicle uh, has been traveling. 
Um, but they will be touching down approximately 15 miles per hour when they touch the uh, Atlantic Ocean there. 800. Now the, the Dragon One program had great success with the water landing with 20 successful splashdowns over the course of that program, nine of which were carried out by flight-proven Dragon spacecraft. And this is a great shot. Dragon continuing to descend back towards Earth, again, targeting a landing, uh, excuse me, a splashdown off the coast of Florida in the Atlantic Ocean. Copy 600. Getting real close. Looks a little always two hundred. We're bracing. That'll buff out. Okay, this is it. Splashdown imminent. Inspiration four on behalf of SpaceX, Chris. welcome home to planet Earth. Your mission has shown the world that space is for all of us and that everyday people can make extraordinary impacts in the world around them. Thank you for sharing your leadership, hope, generosity, and prosperity. And congratulations on your project. The alarm system of Dragon went off. Just getting started. Copy, just getting started. Sorry about that, folks. One of my stupid neighbors alarmed. So welcome back. <laughs> Inspiration for the Dragon Resilience Capsule has returned. The crew has returned. Uh, what a phenomenal, phenomenal visual that we got. Um, and I love that Jared said, we're just getting started. <laughs> right. This is the beginning uh, of their journey, uh, of the next steps to the new era in, in human space flight. Um, and just, you know, what, what an incredible mission. What an amazing um, view watching them touch down and splash down into the Atlantic Ocean. You could hear the crowd here so excited to welcome the crew back home. Yes. 
So uh, we do have a couple of events uh, that need to happen first before we can start to uh, get the crew out of the capsule. So you can see some boats headed towards Dragon. Um, and, uh, you know, the first job is to make sure that the area around Dragon is safe to approach. And then we'll go in there and start uh, rigging the uh, Dragon up to be able to hoist later on onto our main recovery vessel. So uh, we also heard that uh, Jared had uh, given us a confirmation of stable one. What that means is Dragon has um, splashed down and is upright. There's also stable two. Um, Dragon can actually be um, upside down or sideways. Um, it is waterproof and has systems where it can pump seawater into some bladders to help keep it upright. So um, again, stable one is the, the best possible scenario that we can achieve. And that's what we see on screen right now. Just something to note, um, there are going to be a few operations that happen um, before the crew can get out of the capsule. So they will be strapped into their seats, remain strapped into their seats um, throughout the, this and these operations until uh, basically until hatch open uh, once we have the Dragon capsule on board the recovery vessel. Uh, so we do have some events uh, coming up next. Uh, the um, fast boats will be approaching the Dragon capsule. Uh, they'll be doing some inspections to make sure that it is safe before we begin operations uh, to lift Dragon out of the water onto the recovery vessel. Dragon, SpaceX is go for recovery personnel to approach. Expect personnel alongside in one minute. There we go. You copy that, SpaceX. We're looking forward to seeing you. And Dragon, with that, we request to come aboard via display plan. Requesting permission to come aboard via display cam. Permission granted, come aboard, SpaceX. Like, what does he think? Like, they're naked suddenly or something? <laughs> they just asked permission if they could turn on the display inside the capsule. And I'm thinking, yeah, what do you think they're doing? So I don't know, you guys want to open uh, after party room so we can like chat and close this one up? Sure. Sure. Uh, who wants to open it? Because if I close this one, uh, everybody leaves. So Sawyer, Omar, I know Adam and Jessica are, it's past their bedtime, basically. Um, it's up, they're up like. <laughs> yeah, I can open it. All right, so so you go open uh, in the after party, and we'll go chill over there, waiting for the rest of the mission. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here. Uh, there will be another room opening in the ex after party uh, show. Uh, this was amazing. Um, I feel relieved. I think we all do, and we'll catch you soon. Bye bye.